Welcome to the Crazy Cool Family Podcast with Don and Suzanne Manning. Parents, what if we could give you the power to transform your family into something absolutely amazing? A family where everyone is healthy, gets along, loves Jesus, and has great purpose in life. Hey, let us flip your thinking to unlock the power God has given you to create your own Crazy Cool Family. Hey, all you crazy cool families, we are so excited to talk to you about childhood, about building a childhood. And so today I have Macy and Mackenzie with me, my two of the middle girls, and we're just going to continue to talk about childhood, the state of being a child, the idealized world when the little people get to have their biggest dreams come true. And so... um, We're going to talk about the things that build a childhood. And so we've talked about culture and we've talked about activities. But with these girls, I want to talk about how did you guys feel when it comes to culture? How did you feel encouraged as a little girl? Don't 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 both talk at the same time because we can't understand you. (laughs) That's true. Uh, Macy here. I think one of the biggest encouragements for me growing up, and I can't remember if we talk about this in the book or not, but I just had really low self-esteem growing up and getting dressed or looking in the mirror or especially standing next to my sisters in any instance was a struggle because I just looked different than them. I always use the phrase, I grew out before I grew up. (laughs) And so I just was a little chunky as a little girl. And she was darling. I was Mm -hmm. Dora the Explorer in the cutest way. (laughs) And uh, just remember specifically Molly, but I'm sure Madeline and Kinsey did the same thing. Just constantly encouraging, helping me pick out outfits, helping Mm me, um, be a little girl and stay a little girl, even though I didn't feel like a little girl. (laughs) And so Mm -hmm. just a lot of encouragement in my childhood that I remember specifically when it came to how I looked and how I felt about myself. There's definitely places where my family boosted my confidence and encouraged Mm -hmm. me. Oh, that's such a good thing to bring up, Macy, because I think it's so valuable um, for, especially for our little girls, but even our little boys to say, Mm -hmm. you look so handsome, you look so cute, you're beautiful, you're so pretty. Mm -hmm. Um, They need to hear that from us as parents and as siblings. And as you do that as parents, then the siblings will do that with each other. So thanks. That's good. Mm -hmm. That's good. Mm -hmm. Kenza, what about you? Yeah, I would say one of the greatest places of encouragement was, um, I just think of time. And as I was thinking about love languages, I am quality time to the max. And so getting to have quality time with my siblings and my parents, um, and seeing that as a really big place of encouragement was seeing that my time is valuable, their time is valuable, but as Mm -hmm. a child, you don't really have a concept of time. And so, or realizing the sacrifice that comes with your parents spending time intentionally with you. And so as a child, not even really knowing how encouraging that is, but now being an adult, looking back and realizing the time that my parents spent and my siblings spent being around each other was one of the most encouraging things that we could do to build the like childhood that we had. Ah, so powerful, that one-on-one individual mm-hmm. time, which was impossible with a bunch of other siblings, but yeah, yeah, powerful, good, good, good. Okay, so talking more about the culture, um, just because that lays the groundwork for your child's foundation when it comes to building their childhood. Um, what about being safe? What about safety? Mm-hmm. How did you guys feel like our home was a place where you could thrive because you were safe? 
Yeah, going off of what Macy talked about, um, the phrase that came to mind as she was speaking was being comfortable in our own skin. Mm -hmm. And so realizing that there was never a place of like, why are you not like this? Or why are you not in bringing shame into our lives? But instead there was a constant place of, hey, this is who you are. This is, and our cultures around us consistently try to define, um, our, we like try to define ourselves and people try to define ourselves, but mm-hmm. instead like looking at God as the creator of us to define us. And that is just a really sweet place of safety, realizing that my parents believed the best in me from God's perspective of me rather than my perspective of me or even their perspective of me, creating a safe place for us to have conversations from little ages to high school, even of talking about who we are and creating space to listen and be heard. That's good. So fully accepted. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love adding that as a comment in or as a, uh, a piece of being safe, fully mm-hmm. accepted. Yeah. When I think of safety, safety is one of my biggest needs as a individual. There's like an assessment you can take and safety is my number one. And so mm-hmm. when I think about safety, it really falls into two categories, physical safety. Am I protected? Am I That's provided good. for? Yes. Am I taken care of? Are my mm-hmm. physical needs being met? But then there's also this whole other level of spiritual and emotional safety. Mm-hmm. And I can honestly say our house was physically a place where I felt safe. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of places and a lot of friends' houses my parents wouldn't let us go because there was a question of safety. We knew the people, we loved the people, but we knew our house was safe. We didn't mm-hmm. know if other houses were safe. Yeah. And that specifically made me feel safe in my own house, which made me believe that I could be fully accepted, open, honest, spiritually and emotionally vulnerable because I felt safe in a physical way. And I think you see a lot of times with little kids, if they don't feel safe physically, you're not gonna get to their heart. If they don't feel comfortable and safe around you, they're not gonna open up and tell you. And our house was definitely a place where I always felt physically safe, but I also felt emotionally and spiritually like safe to open up and share. So powerful, so good. Okay, so building the the base of our childhood, another element of culture is discipline. So talk to us a little bit. Just go back to those times when you were a little girl, Mm -hmm. pull up a situation that you remember when you were disciplined. (laughs) A lot of that happened in our house. (laughs) Not so much from me. (laughs) Yeah, I was about to say, it's definitely dad was our disciplinary (laughs) figure. Um, We always make the joke that when mom would spank us, we'd like laugh. (laughs) Not not out of disrespect, but it was. It just didn't hurt. It wasn't. It wasn't that. So, moms, if your kids ever laugh at you after spanking, it's not the <laughs> You're end of the world. You're probably not doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> but I think one of the main things for discipline was I really did feel like discipline was fair. Mm-hmm. And we built a culture of fairness, and my dad would hear us out most of the time mm-hmm. when people were in conflict in our family, and then everybody got a consequence or everybody Mm -hmm. got disciplined and usually everybody got the follow-up lecture or conversation. (laughs) And so I just remember there being several times where those were kind of bonding moments for us where we're both in the room together while my dad searches for the spanking stick or whatever it was he was looking for. And we actually had already apologized at that point because we were in it together. Mm -hmm. At that point, we weren't in opposition the discipline in a way bonded us. Mm-hmm. And so I just think that discipline was fair and yeah. 
overall it was helpful in the moment as a little girl it was devastating and terrifying mm-hmm. but that was a good fear mm-hmm. of I did something wrong so there's a physical consequence for it but overall I feel like discipline was a culture of fairness in our mm-hmm. house and and a culture of justice looking back on it yeah looking back I don't really think of the things that I did that caused me to need to be disciplined or even the action of being disciplined but the change that happened afterwards is what I often think of and so now looking back I see as I've learned more about God's discipline on my life, continuing to be parented by him and then seeing the way that my parents disciplined, it just seemed like it was a bigger thing than the small act of the moment. And so um, just realizing that as you parent and love and discipline your children, seeing it as the bigger picture and seeing it from a bigger, like a higher lens, realizing that I'm not just spanking their hand because they're touching this, but I'm spanking their hand because I love them and I want to see them know the consequence of their actions. And so I'm choosing to get in the way as a good parent to show them a consequence that's not the consequence that it could happen. And um, so I've been learning a lot about boundaries and knowing what mm-hmm. is helpful mm-hmm. boundaries and I could go into that for a long time but um, <laughs> that will be another podcast <laughs> just wait it's coming <laughs> but with that disciplining is putting the consequence in their court and saying this is the consequence for your action I'm going to but I love you and I see where this could lead and so I'm going to discipline you here and yeah. the way you discipline a two-year-old is the same foundational way that you'll discipline a 20 year old, but it's through love and relationship and desiring and seeing the conversation at the end as an opportunity to love and, um, know your children. Well, and if I can just add, I just recently read in a book that there's consequential discipline and there's relational discipline Mm. and God never relationally disciplines. So why should parents? And basically what it said was there's a consequence for your actions. When you are going the wrong way, if you're running into the street, Mm -hmm. your parent is going to scoop you up and discipline you because that consequence could have killed you. Mm -hmm. But a parent in their anger and their frustration and their fear they're not going to ignore that kid for the next four hours because they made a mistake. That's relational discipline and God never does that. And it Mm -hmm. totally opened my eyes and looking and thinking about our family's culture of discipline. My mom and dad, as far as I can remember, never relationally Mm -hmm. disciplined me. I was always accepted. I was always hugged. We didn't emotionally discipline you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like we we didn't withhold our relationship from you or our emotions from you because we actually say we relationally discipline, which I think is crazy that you're saying that even in the book. That is interesting. Because we, how we disciplined you was by relating to you, by understanding Mm -hmm. where you were coming from, applying empathy. And so it's two different definitions is what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And so we actually did relationally well we well we disciplined you through our relationship but we didn't withhold the relationship Mm -hmm. because the discipline so that's a really good yeah I would just yeah pull on that thread and think about that type of discipline one where you're clearly explaining to your kid obviously if they're too you know simplified but because of your actions this is the consequence that's Mm -hmm. in place but I still love you but we are still good you know that is that's the relationship piece. Well, and we talk about that all the time. And you'll listen to our discipline course. You don't have the right to get mad at your kid. That's mm-hmm. the part you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You can't engage your emotions mm-hmm. in the relationship and be disappointed or upset or angry because of your child's actions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Okay. And so take it out on them. And take it out on them. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Somebody we say all the time, somebody has to be the adult and it's you, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, cause your kid gets to be a kid cause they're right in the middle of their childhood. Yeah. And it goes back to Kinsey's higher thinking. God treats us this way. And mm-hmm. so we get to be a representation right. of God to our kids. That mm-hmm. is humbling. That's an honor. I'm not personally there yet, but that's powerful to mm-hmm. think when I have a son or daughter, I am reflecting the relational character of God yeah. to them through discipline. Yeah. It's powerful. Yeah. <laughs> Needs mm-hmm. practice. <laughs> so the last element of culture that we talk about in our Crazy Cool Family book is unity. Mm-hmm. And I think that of all of the elements, I think we probably did this one best when y'all were smaller. I don't know if we knew we were doing it great then, but I know now that you guys are all adult, that I see that it was done well because mm-hmm. you are unified, because you do choose to be together, because yeah. you you like each other, you still talk to each other, you reach out, you communicate. Mm-hmm. And so how did what did that look like in mm-hmm. the family of the Mannings when y'all were little kids? What did unity look like? Mm-hmm. Give our parents some idea of how they can do that too. Siblings as best friends. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the simple answers are we did things together. Mm-hmm. We did Awanas together. We did play on each other's basketball teams. If we were close enough in age, we... Sometimes that didn't even matter. We still put you on yeah, the same team. Still, somebody played up coached. somebody played down. We went... I mean, I just am thinking about all of Molly and Madeline's basketball games mm-hmm. that I went to. Mm-hmm. It was never a choice. And not mm-hmm. in a controlling way. It was like, this is what our family does. We support mm-hmm. our siblings. And so by the time Michael, Maddox, and Kate, I still mm-hmm. go to their games today. Even if they play a rec league through the mall, you know, <laughs> like I still go to Grapevine Mills and watch them play because to me, that's mm-hmm. what we do. And so simple things like doing things together as a family. We, w- we went to the pumpkin mm-hmm. patch every year all together with a couple other families my whole childhood. There's yeah. pictures of me until I'm like 14 years old <laughs> in the little pumpkin, you know, like surrounded by the pumpkins. So stuff like that, creating events, creating things that you do together. Just really simple. I mean, family meals, sitting mm-hmm. down and we did birthdays. All of our siblings mm-hmm. were always invited to our birthdays. And just there's a lot of birthdays, <laughs> little things like that, that we do this as a family. Yeah. We are a family in this way. This is who the Mannings are. Mm-hmm. This is how we do it. I think one thing that made unity was the way that friends were brought in to our culture and our friend. And so realizing like, your siblings are best friends or your best friends was the foundation. And then the way that you guys shaped our childhood with our friends too. Like we still played with our friends together mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we like didn't necessarily bring friends into family things because this is our family. And it created spaces to where me and Macy had to choose to dance to songs together and have conflict with each other and like do all of these different foundational things to unify each other and me and Michael got to play in the playground a lot and do so many different things and Maddox and Kate we just chose and we're kind of forced to be in the midst of our family and we had incredible friends that were around us but at the end of the day we didn't spend the night with them every night we spent the night with our sibling and woke up with our sibling and it's in the life on life that the unity was found 
That's good. Well, and when you have that many kids, you don't get to take a friend to the beach. You don't yeah. get to invite <laughs> like get twenty to take of all the your, siblings. Yeah, closest <laughs> friends to your bowling party. Yeah. It's like no, your family's going and pick one or two. <laughs> you know. Like, so I think that what Kinsey's saying is totally true. Our siblings were our inner circle. Yeah, and oh, that was what good. was normal. And we had a lot of siblings, and so we mm-hmm. were never bored. But like that next outer circle they came into us they came to our house they played with all the siblings mm-hmm. there was never like a kinsey and her friend are going to play upstairs and macy and her friend are down it's like no you all play in the game room mm-hmm. together that's just what we did yeah yeah that's so good okay so let's move to the next element of building a childhood and that is um just activities like what it, what, it, what does it take to build a childhood what do you remember what are some of the mm-hmm. things that we, um happened that built your childhood First thing that comes to mind. (laughs) A helpful reminder is that your children don't have exposure unless you give it to them. And so So they don't know what they don't know. Yeah, like they have no clue that there's a museum that has a ton of really beautiful pieces of art into it until you take them to it. And they don't know if there's a massive field that you can play relay races on unless you set it up there, get people there and do relay races. Or they don't know that they can make really yummy food really easily if you've never had experience with making food before. Like they don't know that they can take cooking classes. They don't know anything. And so with that, exposing them to places and seeing where their curiosity leads. And if they have questions, then aligning with them and discovering with them, even if you have all the answers being like, actually, I think there's a library book that we can go look for that Mm -hmm. with and putting exposure into their life. um, So that because the world is going to, the second they get a phone, the second they get an iPad, they're going to be exposed to so many things. And if they don't know how to healthily expose themselves to things and discover things and learn things through then experiencing it. One of my favorite truths is that knowledge is not just in your brain, but it's what you experience. And so realizing if you take a day in downtown Dallas and go to the Bishop's art area and go to the chocolate place and the art places, they're like, they're going to learn so much more by doing that than just sitting at home all day. Watching Um, it on TV. Yes. And so like setting up. Doesn't look the same. (laughs) (laughs) For the first time I saw Times Square in New York, it was like, oh my gosh, this is phenomenal. It doesn't look anything like on TV. Yeah, seriously. All the senses are engaged. Yeah. Yeah, That's good. I love it. They don't know. They love that. They don't know until they're exposed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's good. Well, and it's so fun because Kinsey, as she was saying that, it reminded me of, oh, we got a group of homeschool people and we went to the Mm -hmm. museum and we did relay races in the fields Mm -hmm. and we had picnic. And she went over to her friend's house and learned how to cook things. And so Mm -hmm. those were elements of her childhood that she is that has made her who she is today. And so I love it that you shared those things. And at one point we did a co-op during homeschool times and I took a cooking class I took a sign language class I took uh arts class and I took all these different things And if you look at my life those are all areas that I've continued to invest in because I got exposure in those places when you were little when I was little a sewing class like each one of those areas I have grown more on it if it takes 20 hours to learn something new and then thousands of hours to become a master in it you have the opportunity to give you are owning your child's hours and so be like what are the 20 hours that I want to give to my child let's play the guitar for 20 hours let's just 20 hours is all i'm gonna do in your childhood if you love it we'll keep doing it if not then we'll take it back but then you'll have 20 hours in your belt where if you want to pick it up again the brain your brain's already working to collect it yeah 
Good, good, good. The thing that you said, what's the first thing that pops into your head? And I pictured our childhood backyard, not the Louisville house, but the Flower Mound or the Highland Village house. house. It was the kitchen was bigger than the <laughs> yeah, backyard. It was just one swing set, <laughs> one kiddie pool. Um, but the trampoline specifically, I know mm-hmm. it's a dangerous hazard. I know people put up all of the netting, but mm-hmm. we had so much fun on I think the trampoline. We had three. Oh my <laughs> gosh, y'all's childhood. So much fun in the pool. We had so much fun, and we had this dinky mm-hmm. little fort that was outside. And I just remember we made up so many games. Mm-hmm. We even had like a shed that all of Dad's tools and lawnmower stuff was in, and. We just, everything was a game. We just figured it out. We made it up. It was different. Sometimes the games would last a week and we'd have mm-hmm. all of our stuff outside. It would have all that wet dew mm-hmm. on it in the morning, <laughs> like our blankets and our books. And we just kept it all out there. And I just really believe that your kid will be a leader. Your kid will be attractive to people if they can learn how to generate fun and mm-hmm. generate play. And imagination yes creativity and that's something that I think something I want to pray and often pray for my future kids is let them be fun generators mm-hmm. let them be creative in what they do I don't want I think structure is great I am type a planet till the end <laughs> but I don't want to have to entertain my kids all day long I don't want to have to pick them up from school or teach them school if that's what God calls me to do and from mm-hmm. 2 p.m. when they get out or 3 p.m. until bedtime. Mom, what do we do now? Mom, what do we do now? It's like I want them to be able to play. And so practically help them think of mm-hmm. ideas of, okay, we have this box of toys and this box of crafts. What's something we could do? We mm-hmm. played this game all the time when we were little where we would draw signs for each other of each other's names or the American flag or flowers. Mm-hmm. And then we'd cut up a bunch of pieces of paper and turn them into money. And so we would sell each other the signs that we made with fake money and we'd hang them up in our room or our closet. We'd have all these, it's just any game. Like that's there's good. no game that's too silly. You'd be shocked at the games that last months. Yeah. And I just think play is a big deal. Unstructured play, creative play, imagination. And I saw that in our childhood too, that bled into the kitchen. We literally made the grossest mm-hmm. things. We had experiments and eventually we got good. We could make cookies, we could make <laughs> yeah, brownies, good now. we could make cakes. Um, but I remember there was one winter I, du- I dipped, I thought it was gonna be so good. I dipped vanilla wafers in hot chocolate, which at the time was just chocolate powder and water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I decided to let them sit. So they were soaking, took them out, let them sit for a whole day. 24 hours because I thought they would harden back up. They never did. They were disgusting. (laughs) Nobody ate them. I did like a whole box. Worth it. Worth $3. (laughs) Like to give your kid that experience to play in the kitchen. I just think there's a lot of ways that kids can play and eventually Mm -hmm. they'll start thinking of their own ideas and then the siblings will join in on it. Find ways to help your kids play and Mm -hmm. be creative. That's so good. Okay, so I want to wrap it up. But before I do that, I just want to say that you're all grown up now. Like you're not living your childhood anymore. It's over. It's done. But you can be the advocate and the voice for all of those little kids out there. And you guys still babysit and you still interact with little kids. And so what is it that you would want to say? What is it that our parents need to hear from the voice of a child to make their childhood, the one that's being built for them right now Mm -hmm. in their parents' hands, the best that it can possibly be? 
Mm-hmm. And so you've done a great job telling them to spend time with them and to help them with their imagination and do fun things. But pulling back from your, your childhood, what's something that you were like, yes, every child needs to do this. Mm-hmm. Tell our parents what that is. Thinking, thinking. You know, that's a great da, question. Da, 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 the da. first thing that comes to mind is, for some reason, I just got like a picture of a box, and like having the children just ask, "Don't put me in a box. Like, don't put me in a. Like, if I do one thing one time, it doesn't mean that that's my box." In realizing that they are being completely like shaped. That's what Molded. they're yeah. like. I just picture clay and the Lord shaping them into the person that they're going to be in the vessel they're going to be, and so giving them space to learn and giving them space to get to be created and shaped in every, like his mercies are new every morning. And so bringing that into the next day of, okay, you might've not been a very good yesterday or very kind. And I might be carrying <laughs> some frustration, but today I get to love you because his mercies are new for me. They're it's new for new you. Day. And even every hour it's like his mercies are new right now in this hour. And you might've thrown a fit two minutes ago, but today, like we have up from like, it's, we're going up and we, we might have our downs, but we're going up. I love that. It's a huge topic that you brought up. We need to talk about it for hours and hours. But what you're saying when you say a box is don't label your kid. Mm -hmm. And so as you're building their childhood, don't say he's a picky eater. Oh, he doesn't sleep good. Oh, he's scared of that. Don't Mm -hmm. label them because where they are today is not where they're going to be tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Everything that my children would not eat when they were little, they now eat, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, any of them that had sleep issues, they all do not anymore. And so they, this too shall pass. So I love that. Don't put them in a box. Mm -hmm. I love that. Don't leave them in their diapers. (laughs) (laughs) They need to progress. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, the first thing that pops into my head, I'm just trying to figure out how to make it simple for families have, who have little babies is like vision is powerful. Mm-hmm. We hear that in scripture without a vision, the people perish, but the simplest way I can figure out how to phrase it is just tell them the why, mm-hmm. you know, the little kids yeah. go through the stage. You're like, well, why mom? Well, yeah, why mom? Yeah. And you're just like, I'm going to shake you. <laughs> like just give them the vision, give them Mm -hmm. the why and help them build their own. Like we're going to unload the dishwasher because that helps mommy like go with the rest of her day. Can you please be a helper of mommy? Like give Mm -hmm. them the why and no, we're not going to do technology. Why mom? Because I said so that's not vision. That is like a a cop out and it's Mm -hmm. almost lazy because you're not taking that one more second to say, actually your brain grows bigger and stronger if you go outside and see all the natural colors that God made and you move your body and burn all those calories that you ate today. Like God designed you, you know, like mm-hmm. right. it's, yeah. it's, well, you get buy-in the why gives buy-in. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I just think there's so much power to giving people the why it helps them with the what. Mm-hmm. And so thinking back to being a tiny child and being dragged all over the city to drop mm-hmm. this kid off at practice and get groceries <laughs> and do this thing or go to this lesson. I think being that little kid or being that middle school kid or elementary, whatever, a parent stopping and even inviting God in to share the why. Hey guys, let's take a second, stop and ask God, why are we about to do these next three hours of errands together? Mm. You know, I just feel like that is powerful and could help even the littlest of person do the thing well, whatever it is, and set the day up or the evening up for success Mm -hmm. if you share the why behind the what. So good. All right, anything else, girls? 
keep going parents <laughs> you can do it you you summer it. is hard i don't know when this podcast is gonna come <laughs> out summer. but summer is hard and the days so long but <laughs> your kids are adorable and they're little pictures of god's kindness mm-hmm. and creativity so just oh just give them a big hug for us <laughs> and call us if you need a night out <laughs> <laughs> And just remember that this is a precious time that you have with your kids. Mm-hmm. And that and it's, I hear it all the time, that the days go slow, but the years go fast. Mm-hmm. And um, the days are long, but the years are short. I mean, it's just, it's just going to happen. You're going to look up and they're going to be all grown up. And so I just want to encourage you to stop, pay attention, and enjoy this time. And yeah. one of the best ways, super, super practical, that I hope you, that you put in today, as soon as you listen to this podcast, is don't let a day go by without letting your child have a big fat belly laugh you know just laugh where their head throws back and they're laughing figure it out whether it's tickling or chasing them whatever it is that delights them just go after them because laughter is the most powerful culture changer Mm -hmm. which is what we've talked about and it's one of the easiest cheapest most inexpensive best activities that you can do And just how incredible would that be if you, when your children, when you sit your children at a table like I've done with mine and you ask them, tell me about your childhood. And they say, well, we laughed a lot. Mm -hmm. And so that's the goal that I want you guys to go after all the other wonderful things that we talked about, but also get your kids to laugh today. All right, families go be crazy. Crazy cool family.com.